happy Christmas and general holidays. <laughs> yeah, and end of Hanukkah, Kwanzaa's coming, and then yeah. any other holidays that maybe in you between, celebrate. Yeah, I'm not aware of. Yeah, and happy break either way. <laughs> and um, New Year coming. This is kind of like a special little holiday drop where we're going to share two poems with you. One is considered one of the first Christmas carols, and the second is quite well known. I mean, I had to study it when I was in high school. I don't know if you've ever come across it, Ello, but I, I haven't, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, The Dream of the Rude, and just some brief context on The Dream of the Rude. It is one of the Christian poems in the corpus of Old English literature and is an example of the genre of dream poetry. And like most Old English poetry, it's written in alliterative verse, which means that um, the form of the verse uses alliteration as a principal like, device. And so alliteration is like same letters next to one another, kind of like consonants. So like mama makes me mash my M&Ms is alliteration. Yeah. And it's to help indicate underlying sh- metrical structures, um, maybe things like rhyme, to provoke a certain atmosphere. Because we're reading in translation, that verse doesn't really exist anymore. It might in certain parts, but we are yeah. going to be reading it the way that it's, our translation is. And if you're wondering what a rude is, it comes from the Old English word rude. I think that's how you pronounce it. Don't read Old English. Apologies. Which means pole, or more specifically, crucifix. And so this is the story of the tree that becomes the cross that Jesus is crucified on, which is just a really interesting, I think, kind of tale. And this poem was preserved in the 10th century Vercelli book. The poem may be as old as 8th century Ruthwell Cross and is considered as one of the oldest works in Old English literature. And even though it's the crucifixion, we think that because it's dream poetry, so, you know, in that kind of spectral Christmas ghost feeling different thresholds of the world and everything, as well as just the theme of Jesus, that this would be a proper Christmas time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but before that... Keeping it medieval, you know? Yeah, we're, today is definitely keeping it medieval for y'all. <laughs> We've kind of been much more loosely medieval. Modern. Yeah, yeah. And the modern element. Uh, But before we dive into The Dream of the Rude, which is, you know, it's a bit hefty. You do want to sit and kind of listen. I'm going to introduce one of the first Christmas carols. It's short, but it's really pretty and to kind of get us in that medieval poetry vibe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I will be reading I Sing of a Maiden. It's from around 1400. And for context... Uh, It's a 15th century medieval lyric found in the Sloan Manuscript and maybe one of the oldest poems in the English language about Mary and Jesus. It has been described as one of the first Christmas carols and as one of the first English lyrics about the Virgin Mary and the Annunciation, in which the angel Gabriel announced that Mary would bear the Christ child. If the lyric had a tune, because it, you know, like a carol, that has been lost, but the poem is still quite beautiful and haunting. So here we go. 
get ready to be spooky, I guess, haunted. (laughs) I sing of a maiden. I sing of a maiden that is matchless, the king of all kings for her son she chose. He came as still where his mother was, as the April dew falling on the grass. He came as still to his mother's bower, as the April dew falling on the flower. He came as still where his mother lay, as the April dew falling on the spray. Mother and maiden, there was none but she. Well may such a lady God's mother be. How nice. Yeah. I think it's just very beautiful and poetic. And I have both the Old English or Middle English, I'm not quite sure, and the translation. I will put those up on social media if you want to read it, as well as the translation of The Dream of the Rude that we will be reading from, which we are using the Old English Poetry Project from Rutgers in New Jersey's um, translation because – Based on our research, it's considered kind of one of the best translations that is out there. Yeah, it's very more accessible as well. It also yes. means that I won't end up stuttering or doing something terrible to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we're going to split this roughly in half. Ello will start us off and then I will yes. take over for the second half. So, Elo, I will hand it over to you whenever you are ready. Okay. So, Dream of the Rude. What I wish to say of the best of dreams, what came to me in the middle of the night, after the speech bearers lie biding the rest. It seemed to me that I saw the greatest tree brought into the sky, be wound in light, the brightest of beams. That beacon was entirely garnished with gold, gemstones prominent and proud at the corners of the earth. Five more as well blazoned across the span of its shoulders. Every angel of the Lord warded it there, a brilliant sight of a universe to come. Surely it was no longer the gallows of vile crime in that place, yet there they kept close watch. Holy spirits for all humanity across the earth and every part of this widely famous creation. Surpassing was his victory tree, and me splattered with sins, stuck through with fault. I saw this tree of glory, well worthied in its dressing, shining in delights, geared with gold. Gemstones had nobly endowed the sovereign's tree. Nevertheless, I could perceive through all that gold, red and ancient struggle, where it first started to sweat blood on its bright side. I was entirely perturbed with sorrows. I was fearful for that lovely sight. Then I saw that streaking beacon warp its hue, its hangings. At times it was streamy with bloody wet, stained with coursing gore. At other times it was glistening with treasure. Yet I, lying there for a long while, beheld Sir Cherry, the tree of the Saviour, until I heard that it was speaking. Then the best of words said in words. It happened long ago, I remember it still. It was hung down at the halt's end, steered from my stock. Strong foes seized me there, worked in me an awful spectacle, ordered me to heave up the criminals. Those warriors bore me on their shoulders until they set me down upon a mountain. Enemies enough fastened me there. I saw then the Lord of Mankind hasten with much courage, willing to mount up upon me, 
Then I dared not go beyond the Lord's word, to bow or burst apart. Then I saw the corners of the earth tremor. I could have felled all those foemen, nevertheless I stood fast. The young warrior stripped himself then, that was God Almighty, strong and firm and perp- of purpose. He climbed up onto the high gallows, magnificent in the sight of many, then he wished to redeem mankind. I quacked when the warrior embraced me, yet I dared not bow to the ground, collapse to earthly regions, but I had to stand there firm. The rood was reared. I heaved the mighty king, the lord of heaven. I dared not topple of or reel. They skewered me with dark nails, wounds easily seen upon me. Treacherous strokes yawning open, I dared injure none of them. They shamed us both together, I was besplattered with blood. Sluicing out for the ma- from the man's side, after launching forth his soul. Many vicious deeds have I endured on that hill. I saw the god of hosts racked in agony. Darkness had covered over with clouds the corpse of the sovereign, shadows oppressed, the brightest splendor black under breakers. All of creation wept, mourning the king's fall. Christ was upon the cross. However, people came hurrying from afar, there to that noble man. I witnessed it all. I was sorely pained with sorrows, yet I sank down to the hands of those men, humble-minded with much courage. They took up their almighty God, lifting him up from that ponderous torment. Those war men left me to stand, dripping with blood. I was entirely wounded with arrows. They laid down the limb weary there, standing at the head of his corpse, beholding there the Lord of heaven. And he rested there a while, exhausted after those mighty tortures. Then they wrought him an earthen hall, the warriors within sight of his killer. They carved it from the brightest stone, setting therein the wielder of victories. Then they began to sing a mournful song, miserable in the eventide, after they wished to venture forth, weary from the famous prince. He rested there with a meager host. However, weeping there, we lingered a good while in that place. After the voices of war men had departed, the corpse cooled, the fair hall of the spirit. Then someone felled us both entirely to the earth. That was a terrifying event. Someone buried us in a deep pit. Nevertheless, allies, things of the Lord, found me there and wrapped me up in gold and in silver. Now you could hear, my dear man, that I have outlasted the deeds of the baleful, of painful sorrows. Now the time has come that men across the earth, broad and wide, and all this famous creation worthy me, praying to this beacon. On me the child of God suffered a while. Therefore I, triumphant, now tower under the heavens, able to heal any one of them, those who stand in terror of me. Long ago I was made into the hardest of torments, most hateful to men, until I made Rumi the righteous way of life for them, for those bearing speech. Listen, the Lord of glory honored me then over all forested trees, the warden of heaven's realm. Likewise, Almighty God exalted his own mother, Mary herself, before all humanity, over all the kindred of women. Now I bid you, my dear man, to speak of this vision to all men, unwrap it wordfully, that it is the tree of glory, 
that the Almighty God suffered upon for the sake of the manifold sins of mankind and the ancient deeds of Adam. Death he tasted there, yet the Lord arose amid his mighty power as a help to men. Then he mounted up into heaven. Hither he will come again into this middle earth, seeking mankind on the day of doom. The Lord himself, Almighty God, and his angels with him, wishing to judge them then, he that holds the right to judge every one of them upon their deserts as they have earned previously here in this life. Nor can any remain unafraid there before that word that the wielder will speak. He will ask before the multitude where that man may be who wished to taste in the Lord's name the bitterness of death as he did before on the cross. Yet they will fear him then, and few will think what they should begin to say unto Christ. There will be no deed to be afraid there at that moment, for those who already bear in their breast the best of signs. Yet every soul ought to seek through the rude, the holy realm from the ways of earth, those who intend to dwell with their sovereign. I pray to that tree with a blissful heart, Great courage, where I was alone with a meager host. My heart's close was eager for the fourth way, suffering many moments of longing. Now my hope for life is that I am allowed to seek that victorious tree, more often lonely than all other men, to worthy it well. The desire to do so is strong in my heart, and my guardian is righteous in the rude. I am not wealthy with many friends on this earth. Yet they departed from here with the joys of the world, seeking the king of glory. Now they live in heaven with the high father, dwelling in magnificence. And I hope for myself upon each and every day for that moment when the root of the Lord that I espied here upon the earth shall ferry me from this loaned life and bring me then there is great bliss, joys in heaven, where there are people of the Lord seated at the feast, where there is everlasting happiness, and seat me where I will be allowed afterwards to dwell in glory, brooking joys well amid the sainted. May the Lord be my friend who suffered before here on earth, on the gallows tree for the sins of man. He redeemed us and gave us life, a heavenly home. Hope was renewed with buds and with bliss for those suffered the burning. The sun was victory fast upon his journey, powerful and able, when he came with his multitudes, the army of souls, into the realm of God, the almighty ruler, as a bliss for the angels and all of the holy, those who dwelt in glory before in heaven, when their sovereign came back, almighty God, to where his homeland was. Yay! Yay! So hopefully you um, enjoyed that and picked up on there's like three different parts, you know, kind of. Hopefully we didn't do too bad a job. (laughs) No, I think we did quite well. And um, I don't know if you have any thoughts after reading it, Elo, before we... It's so poetic. It's so lovely. It's so nice to have a moment of poetry in the day. So I hope you see it like that. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that it's a great kind of testament to how medieval poetry and just literature can be beautiful. It's not this, you know, bizarre or weird or kind of stilted... Yeah, you know, writing style. It's actually quite lovely. And hopefully that intrigues you to want to look into it more. Yeah. Yeah. So Merry Christmas and Merry Holidays. Yes, indeed. 
And I don't know, Elo, if you want to start signing us off. Yeah. So if you like this episode, very short, and you want to listen to more podcasts by us, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Audible, you can find us on Amazon, and you can find us on YouTube by typing Modern Medieval the Podcast. If you want to find us on social media, where we have more of a conversation running, you can find us on spot uh, on Instagram by typing podcast.modern.medieval. You can find us on Facebook. We've got both a group and a Facebook page. Just type Modern Medieval Podcast. And you can email us if you wish um, by typing modern.medieval.podcast.gmail.com. And we finally have Twitter. Yes. And lastly, but not least, Twitter, which you can find us under the handle at medieval underscore modern. And just briefly to reiterate what Elo said in regards to like conversations, We will be posting the translations for you to look at if you want to re-listen alongside the texts or um, look more into the sources we're using. So just saying that again, I know I said it in the episode, but. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Megan. And I'm Ella. And this is Modern Medieval, the podcast. Fa-la-la-la-la. (laughs) 